Welcome to season three, where lifestyle living is put into action. Hi, I'm Jamie, author of the book, Bringing Back Bacteria, and a lifestyle medicine advocate. Here, you will learn the importance of not only probiotics, but healthy habits as well. Whether you're interested in my four-week Mediterranean program, or you just need simple one-on-one wild fermentation consultations, just remember, health has to be habitual. So come join me in Lifestyle Living, where we also are bringing back bacteria. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Um, Yeah, it's been, I would say, what, a month since I've been on here. So sorry, but I decided to start my New Year's out, not with some crazy resolution, but with a vacation. (laughs) And it was amazing. I went to Fort Lauderdale um, in Florida for um, a week, and I had so much fun that when I came back, I was still stuck in vacation mood. And... But now I'm officially out and I'm back to work. So, so happy to be back here with you guys. And as always, uh, always thank you for being here. We are going to be answering um, quite a few questions that I get at the end. But today I definitely want to talk about phytonutrients, micronutrients, what foods cause inflammation, and how it affects our guts and how fermented food plays into our immunity. Now, in the past few episodes, we talked about finding our why for a motivation for a healthier you, right? What's your purpose in life, you know, and how our lifestyle needs to be habitual and it can be medicine. So hopefully you guys already did that. Thankfully, it is now February at the time of recording this. So we are past that new year, new me bullshit and I hope you didn't do a resolution because studies show that 90% of people who do do it, they stop doing it. So if you did do it and you haven't stopped by now, congratulations. That's amazing. So first, you know, we all know that our nutrition should nourish, right? We need macro and micronutrients into our diet. And that's the second favorite part about the Mediterranean diet that I love is that you get that on the diet. Well, it's not really a diet, more like a way of life, you know, Um, because it it alters your this Mediterranean diet. It alters your gut microbiome, you know, helping improve health, immunity, and plus with all the it's because it being a plant predominant diet there's lots of fibers for your gut microbiome to eat and ferment and therefore make you healthy whereas the standard american diet you know it gives you too much macronutrients which are your fats carbs and proteins i mean think about a cheeseburger you know that's why it's not exactly good for you And it it doesn't include any micronutrients. You know, this making you unnourished. Now, when it comes to eating meat, eating meat isn't exactly a problem, but it can be if we eat too much. Um, According to a few Harvard studies I did while doing my nutritional training, you know, just make sure that it's lean or seafood, 
Meat should never exceed the size of your palm or, you know, like three ounces. Of course, you know, if you are eating meat, you need to do your best to stick with grass-fed, not soy-fed. Because you got to remember that what you eat, you eat that animal, you're also eating what that animal ate. So just remember that. And actually, the same goes with fish. Too much fish can cause mercury poisoning by eating fish that eats other fish or, you know, so just be careful with that too. And um, chicken, of course, it, it contains a high amount of antibiotics. And it's almost like, okay, you can't really win for losing here. But with the Mediterranean diet, you don't eat it as much, you know? So it's kind of like saying, well, I'm going to make a cake on, on one time a month or one time a week. Well, that's not going to terribly affect you, right? Um, not in detrimental ways because it's not a habit. It's not an everyday thing. So just keep that in mind. So with this diet being the plant predominant, that's where you're getting all your phytonutrients, if you, if you are eating fruits and vegetables that are orange, you're getting beta-carotene. Pink, lipocene. Green, lutein. Dark red, resveratrol. Red and purple, you're uh, basically, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's what gives you your antioxidants. And wine actually has phytonutrients, but of course you never want to exceed too much in that either. Now, um, as long as you eat the rainbow, that's where you're really going to get your highest amount of phytonutrients. Your gut loves this stuff, and your gut needs this every day on a daily basis, not a weekly basis. So think about that as you are preparing your next meals, and you're really trying to hone in onto this lifestyle living you need to be counting your plants in your diet. Interesting, interestingly enough, um, I know, especially people who do keto, they are like crazy over coconut oil, right? Um, come to find out, it is <laughs> 87% more saturated fat than butter. And butter's like 65% saturated fat. That is a lot of fat, of saturated fat. So just just be mindful of that. That's why I, I, I stick with uh, extra virgin olive oil that I get from Crete, Greece. And it, the proof is in the pudding. It's just amazing. So it's a healthier fat. So I, you know me, I do recommend that, of course. But, you know, whenever we are eating these phytonutrients, eating the rainbow and eating healthier, you know, we're improving our gut microbiome. Whenever we take in fermented foods, well, you're just giving your gut a healthy army to defend you in battle, when, to keep you from being sick or being as sick. Excuse me. I know that I recover 10 times faster um, when I have probiotics in my life through fermented food, 
and you can too. Just make sure we get that as a weekly and daily basis. Like beans, start slow, then go from there and gradually add in more. And I guess you can really take that into account when it comes with a plant-predominant diet because it's a high amount of fiber. And if you're not used to that, certainly gradually go into that. So when we do that, you, you know, like I said, it improves your immunity. But it's also been proven to improve allergies. So I, I thought that was interesting. Now... A few cool things that I like to tell people is you got your prebiotics and you got your probiotics. Now, how we do wild fermentation is we are using the actual um, yeast or what is on the vegetable to ferment it. So that makes sense when I tell you that garlic, and onions and certain spices are prebiotics. It's good bacteria already on the vegetable. Perfect for your microbiome and your ferments. So, you know, also another thing is, you know, say for example, you may not want to do the Mediterranean diet. Um, I do think it is important to eat foods native to what you grew up to genetically can can eat and tolerate i mean some people can't eat, have wheat right so you know just keep that in mind you can still adopt like mediterranean way of life through food by like how you're cooking it using whole foods you know so just keep that in mind as well now, if you sit here and grow up on biscuits and gravy, like, um, that's not exactly that healthy, but, <laughs> you know, so we could probably talk about changing that, right? You know, it's kind of like common sense at this point. But let's talk about a little bit about inflammation. Inflammation has been linked to depression, cardiovascular disease, and guess what has shown to help? Not only intermittent fasting, but the Mediterranean diet. And that makes sense because whenever you are consuming whole foods and fermented foods, you are naturally lowering the inflammation into your body. Now, there are six foods that cause inflammation. And if you're one of those that wake up hurting every day, your joints hurt, Maybe you're feeling inflamed or your doctor's told you you are inflamed. Here are six things that you need to avoid. Soda. And this is why I created, um, before I go on, this is why I created my probiotic soda. It is a beautiful soda replacement and I highly recommend it. So if you are one of those who are just totally attached to a soda and you can't break your uh, soda habit, think about getting my book, trying the probiotic ginger soda. You can flavor it in so many ways. I am actually doing a, a reel on my social media account this week all about my ginger soda. So you're going to want that recipe because I'm going to teach you some tips and tricks on how to flavor it and just really bring in, you know, how, how you can eat it you know, or drink it. 
Another thing that has been uh, scientifically proven to cause inflammation is red meat and processed meat. So um, I'm just going to leave that there because that can get controversial, but we all know processed food is horrible for you. And of course, French fries. French fries are terrible for you, and I think we all know that. Refined carbs, they are bad, which is why I try to eat any bread. I try to make sure that it is sourdough. And I've really gotten to the point to where I'm just using my starter and um, not even, you know, just making like little, um, say I want like a little Greek sandwich. Well, I'll just use my sourdough starter, put it in a pan, cook it like a pancake, and I have like a sandwich then. You know, it's so healthy for you. There's no bloat. I absolutely love it. So, and plus it takes like no time to do. And lastly, another food that causes inflammation is margarine. Of course, right? I mean, think about it. It's pretty unhealthy for you at this point with the fat content, saturated fat. So just a few foods that you can think about to combat against this inflammation Well, for one, just stop eating the crap. (laughs) For two, uh, you know, berries are really good for anti-inflammation. And apples and grapes and really just, if once you hone into this Mediterranean or like more of a plant-predominant diet, you're going to notice that you feel better. And it's going to take a little bit of time, even when you add in probiotics. It just like, um, you know, it's just like when you start the gym, you're not going to lose weight in like a week. You know what I'm saying? Well, you might lose a pound, but it's not, it's not noticeable, you know? So whenever you do anything like this, especially when it relates to food, you really need to make sure that you give it like a good four weeks, maybe even eight, you know, and just making sure that you are, um, understanding that if you don't have your motivation, if you don't make that behavioral change to do this, you're going to have a hard time and you're going to end up quitting just like all the quitters who start New Year's resolutions and they, they never turn out, right? So also make sure you have a high amount of omega-3 and omega-6s. That is like your brain health, Okay. We definitely need that. So keep in touch this week. Um, Let me know if you guys have any questions. Now, I will say a lot of questions that I do get a lot. I'll just quickly address them. Is when it comes to the ginger soda, like I say in my book, please make sure you use a cloth covering because that ginger bug has to breathe. Whereas it's different whenever I'm doing like my fermented salsa, right? You can close the lid on that. And um, so it's, it, you just got to be real careful with that. And the same goes for a sourdough starter. I always let it breathe. It just does overall, it just does better. Um, let's see, what what's another question? I get, I get so many questions, I forgot to write them down. But um, yeah, like I said, please guys, just make sure you you send me your questions and let me know. But um, yeah, a lot of people also use 
these swing top bottles from Amazon for ginger sodas. I don't recommend that at all. I've had mine bust in the summertime um, where I live, and I just I just don't like them. I don't think they do a good job. Um, so I would use, if you are looking for a swing top bottle, I would use a Grosch beer bottle. They're the green ones. And um, you can usually get those at, um, like out of Mickey Finn's. But, you know, once you get established in your home with making your fermented foods, you're going to notice that all of your fermented foods after a while will start getting better. But this is dependent on you finding that right spot in your house, right? Like I've said in previous episodes that you have to find that spot in your home. Your fermenting spot is what I call it. Because if you do not, you're probably not going to have a good ferment. Or maybe it's not going to be um, exactly as bubbly as you may see on my social media that I post. So just be be mindful of that. And because placement of where you ferment it is very, very important. But like I said, once you, once you do get it going and you can start fermenting and you're months into it, your ferments will get a lot more active because you're bringing in this bacteria into your home and your environment and it's good bacteria, you know? And that's why I say don't over bleach anything, you know, definitely don't do that whenever it comes to sterilization and being ready to ferment. Simple dishwashing techniques will do like a dishwasher or hand washing. So certainly don't overthink it. And I've even fermented my ginger sodas in mason jars and they still get bubbly. So um, just remember also that the winter time, um, you're, you're not going to see as much activity. You still should see some, but the summertime when it's hotter, it's definitely 10 times more active. Yes. So just be very mindful of that. Now, since we were talking a little bit about certain foods, just remember that when you eat a plant predominant diet that, um, you know, it's long-term health. Like you are just securing your spot in the future almost. Think about it that way. You know, it is a sustainable eating pattern. And guys, obesity is 100% preventable. It is. And another thing I love about my fermented foods is that it aids in weight loss. So just think about it. If you're obese, you're overweight, nine times out of 10, a lot of those people have a ton of poop in their bowels. And of course, that adds its weight. So just making sure that you you do need to make sure you are pooping every day, more than once a day is good too. Just if, if you're not flowing, you know, feel free to give me a DM and I can explain a little bit more on that. But you definitely need to be excreting what you put in, right? It just kind of makes sense. So... Another thing I want to talk about was um, fat. You know, people, I don't use the coconut oil. I do use the extra virgin olive oil. 
So don't fear that kind of fat at all. Um, and I've had so many people message me. Um, but if you look on my reels, you'll actually see the type of olive oil I use. I get it from Amazon, but it comes from a, a Greek company. But, you know, Greeks, they don't fear olive oil. They literally put it on everything, you know, um, like if I'm having a spinach and link pie, there's going to be olive oil in it. Or if I'm having a lentil soup, I'm going to put a tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil on top. It is a healthy fat. And in fact, the Greeks even say, hey, if you got a headache, go take a tablespoon of real extra virgin olive oil. It is actually said to be known to work as as just as good as ibuprofen. So... I find that very interesting. So if you are eating plant slant like me, just know that some really good protein sources are beans and nuts. So I love all beans, lentils, chickpeas. Lentils and chickpeas are definitely my favorite. Um, I will do a little bit of black eyed peas, but that's another good one. And let's see, I think I had one more question. Let's see. Uh, Okay, nope, I think that's it. All right, guys, I hope this has helped you a little bit. And just remember to eat your phytonutrients, eat your micronutrients. And, you know, being healthy starts one day at a time with one meal at a time. And don't forget to stay hydrated because it's super duper important. So, all right guys, that's all I have for you and I hope to see you next time. As always, send me all your questions and I'll be happy to help. I'll see you next time.